Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, hold it. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. You know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rudat, and welcome back to Ken Oster Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brendan Ertle. Today, we got the whole gang back for a nice little pregame preview. It's been a minute, you know, uh, back to football, back to reality. So we got, you know, Nate the Great and the OG Chris Connor. We're back. Uh, football Thursday. How you guys feeling about, you know, Bills Rams? We're back, you know, game week. Uh, yeah, we're back. It's time, man. That's really all I got, man. It's man, we we waited, we waited long enough. You know, preseason, free agency, draft time. It's just the end of last last season, man. The way that the last the game of the last uh, last season ended for the Saints, right? With a victory that should have clinched the postseason berth. You know, they got a chance to do something. I think a little bit greater and more special, than not being that predicament this year. So we're ready, man. It's time, though. Look, I always feel like the offseason goes by so slow, but so fast at the same time. Like, I remember when we were breaking down last season, like finishing all that up, like the bitter taste that you kind of get left with last year after what happened to that team. And, you know, just how they went out was it never felt cool. Like, it didn't feel fair. But we're back again, and it feels like this team's set up to kind of make up for that a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, week one, we got – you know, Dirty Birds, it's Falcons hate week. So, you know, there's been some situations going on, on Twitter. If if you're active on Saints Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. And I wouldn't usually do this, but, you know, it's week one. We're having fun. It's, it's you know, you know, it's the Falcons. It's a, it's a little different. So this comes from a Falcons beat reporter that we're going to talk about before we talk about this game. This is... NFL slash draft writer for stackingthebird.com. He says also he's a top seven mock draft. Uh, in, a bio, in his bio, it says top seven mock draft in 2022. Um, his name's Cam Marino. You can follow him at Marino NFL. He says this, and we're going to kick it off with this. What, and you guys are going first. I'm not going to say a thing. What makes the Saints better than the Falcons? 
Nate, Nate, where you want to start? <laughs> I think you could see kind of a look on my face. It just, I, I, I think the correct answer to that question is almost everything except maybe tight end. Everything. Maybe a handful of spot positions, but it's just tight end. Much. Just it's tight end. Literally tight end. I, I, Stadium, I, fans, basketball team, you know, restaurants in the building, restaurants, you know, college teams, everything. And, like, this is not a joke. Like, we got Falcons fans saying, like, yeah, no, there's not much of a difference between these two teams. Let me read off Marcus Mariota's stat lines for you, if you don't know. You know, they're saying that Mariota and Jameis Winston are the same caliber player. I want you guys to guess right now, how many pass yards did Marcus Mariota have last year? I know he's backup. How many yards? I Four. Yeah. The year before, 226. His best season in the National Football League, he threw for 3,400 yards. That's about as mid as you can get. His best season throwing the t- uh, for for touchdowns was twenty six and nine. You know that was in twenty sixteen. I was sixteen years old at that time. You know at that time, you know he was super cool. He was fun. He was the new quarterback. You know Oregon Ducks legend. Tennessee Titans thought they were going to step forward. Um, you know improvement from him next year. He he throws thirteen touchdowns, fifteen picks. You know so I'm not the one to to, to come out and say like you know the Saints are that much better. But you know you look at the Falcons roster yeah tight end that's about it anything else you know unfair (laughs) you know it's just I think the talk around the around the Saints whether it comes from I mean listen I mean someone you know a Falcons fan a Falcons writer saying something negative or controversial about the Saints that's not like surprising right but I think just the ultimate you know the overall narrative of like this team going forward it's just been so weird you had a lot of people that kind of just let them go under the radar let their offseason go under the radar you know it's people that thought they would still even after the offseason that they had go you know be a 500 team predict and then all of a sudden it's like a, a, a few practices a few preseason games and then you get a lot of people going from that to oh there you know James Winston is a dark horse course MVP candidate or you know the Saints are going to win the South you see it over and over and over again it's so it's so odd and it wasn't even like we got a chance to really see a whole bunch of the 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 main players that are going to be playing preseason anyway it's just it's it's odd and I think that you know even comments like that guys it comes from a you know a sense of people are looking for reasons why this team won't be good and the easiest thing that you can grab from the low-hanging fruit is they lost Sean Payton. Jameis Winston is their quarterback without paying attention to any of the details surrounding Jameis or this team, poking at Michael Thomas. You know, I, I mean, people people are reaching versus looking at the talent that's been, you know, that's been added. And if you go there, maybe, maybe you start talking about the safety position, which could end up being an issue, right? But, you know, I think that it just feels as if it feels like a lot of other teams would get the benefit of the doubt because you're not supposed to lose your Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, two seasons ago and lose your Hall of Fame head coach and be in a situation where teams feel like or, or people feel like you're this talented 
and you could end up winning the division that is next to or that involves the greatest quarterback of all time. There's not many organizations that could pull that off to even be in this situation. Yeah, no, that, I could not have said that better, man. It, it is just kind of one of those things. I think we hit that point right before, maybe ending this week probably, where all of the speculation, we have gone through an entire offseason, we've gone through free agency, trades, people just run out of things to talk about. You know, I think at a normal time during the year, the discussion between the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons in terms of talent level will be more comparative to the fact that a beer at a Saints game costs $11 and a beer at a Falcons game costs $5. It says everything what you want about the fans, about the stadiums. It, it just, it speaks volumes for itself, you know, and it, we're just running out of things to talk about. It's this week's put up or shut up, you know, uh, and I feel like with the attitude this Saints team seems to have, you know, leaders like Honey Badger, Demario, even Jameis, you know, as goofy as that dude is, he wants nothing more than a win and to throw 30 touchdowns without throwing 30 interceptions in this year, you know, which we could talk a whole long time about how Jameis and how underrated he is at this point in time, even from a non-biased standpoint. But one thing's for sure, we're going to find out on Sunday. Sunday? What, yeah. what I recommend you guys do um, <laughs> is if you haven't already listened to the Trust Levels podcast today, Go listen to it right now. I don't care if you're if, if you're busy, if you're at work, if you're driving. Go listen to that and just listen to Jameis talk. And the things he says is it's not like he's it's 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 super hard to explain because you know as a Saints fan, you know a couple of years ago we kind of gave the guy a hard time because he was on Tampa and he, you know he had the goofy narratives and things like that. But when he talks, it's like it's like scripture. You know, it's like everything that comes out just makes sense. And he he believes everything that he's saying and like everything like he is like locked in like every time he talks. And when he talks, he's he's one of those few people in the world where like he is real no matter what, like each conversation he has, it's it's going to be real. And they talked about, you know, like the him, the eating the W thing. And like that wasn't like a joke, like he firmly believed that, like, you know, I'm here. I got my teammates. We can go in this building and beat this team. You know, obviously they didn't because, you know, that, you know, that, that wasn't a great situation, but like, I like that he was, you know, on this quote unquote bad team. And he had this firm belief that he could go into the Superdome and be a hall of fame player in Drew Brees. And, you know, his first win came against Drew Brees and he was saying like, you know, I believed that I could beat him and he did. So that, that was just cool. And I appreciate that. And, you know, if you listen to that, you'll have a full different kind of outlook for, for him and, you know, Mark and, and Cam. And um, I didn't even think about this, but growing up, Jameis was a huge Mark Ingram fan because he grew up in Alabama. And, you know, it sounded like he was about to go to Alabama, um, but then decided on FSU later because of baseball. But he was saying, like, when when we trade for Mark Ingram, I was like, damn, that's Mark Ingram. And I, that put things in perspective to me. I was like, the, the pieces he has around him, Kamara, Ingram, Thomas, Jarvis, Chris Lave. It's it's kind of like we didn't even see this good of a group with Drew at sometimes at some points in in his career. So it's like we saw that preseason game three of Jameis, and I wasn't expecting that. You know, I was expecting you know um, a little more chill, but he went four for four, like fifty yards, and conducted the offense really well. So that was all without you know MT as well. So this team, you know. 
if you look at people who actually know what they're talking about, you know, I, I firmly agree with what Peter King had. I mean, I don't think the Saints will be, you know, the first seed. I mean, I think there's some good teams out there, and they very well could be. But, you know, Peter King came out and said, you know, the Saints are going to 12 and 5. They're going to win the NFC, you know, and he had the Packers at two, I think, and a couple other things. But Sean Payton today as well, talking with Kay Adams, you know, he's a the analyst now. It's weird to say that, but, you know, he, he has no bias of what, you know, the Saints end up doing. But he was like, yeah, this team will win the South. And he did say that. And he was like, it was weird because he kept talking like a third person, like he wasn't on the team last year, but he was like, you know, the Saints knew that they were going to beat the Bucks every time they played them because that's the belief that they had. I think, you know, Jameis, having Jameis, you know, it's that much more positivity to believe that, you know, you can be good. I mean, there's going to be some negative things. There's always negative things. But, you know, I think Jameis is the perfect leader for this team and this defense. Um, switching subjects a little bit, uh, it's a more positive note. MT's back. What do you guys think? Man, I mean, um, it's like, are we dreaming? <laughs> it's, it's like we've we've come, we've had so many different, I guess, teases towards his return. And what's odd is that a lot, like last year and even the year before that where, you know, you get Mike, but he's not 100% Mike. You know, he's he's sack, he makes his injury even even worse. You there were there were moments in which he was way more important to how this team was able to throw the football than he is today. Right. I mean, he's way more of even even if he's a beast, he's way more of an accessory than the need. Because you added Chris Olave in the draft. You brought it, you know, you brought in Jarvis Landry. You moved Taysom Hill around. Jameis was throwing to, you know, he had games with Marquez Callaway, who's now your fourth or fifth best wide receiver. And Jameis was able to have the start that he had last year. And Deontay Hardy and all these guys that he played with last year. But now you add really, you know, top, you know, top level talent back to where Mike, for maybe the first time since arguably his rookie year, he can just fit in since he played with Brandon Cooks, right? When Brandon Cooks was here, um, he can just fit in. He doesn't have to be the guy. He, he doesn't have to be, you know, I know people keep asking, and I see it all the time, uh, can Mike can Mike get back to the guy he was in 2019? Well, he doesn't have to. He shouldn't have to with this array of weapons. It's not necessary. It's not needed. Like, you saw that guy break records because – like the Saints needed it. They they needed him to be that guy pretty much every game because the 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 other weapons around him were lacking. That that just it was what it was. That's not really the case anymore. You know, you know, you have other other either A guys you think will be pro bowlers or or individuals that have been pro bowlers in the past. And that's without even figuring out what's at the tight end position. And I didn't even mention Alvin Kamara. So um I, I mean it, it's it's I'm very excited to see him back, but I think more than seeing him back and, you know, him healthy, whether he's back to being that guy physically he was before or not, I'm just happy to see what he looks like in an offense where he doesn't have to be, you know, a top three or arguably the best receiver in football just for the offense to flow when it comes to moving it down the field through the air. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about it. And, and you said it perfectly. Mike Thomas doesn't have to come in and be necessarily 100% of what we saw in Can't Guard Mike those first few seasons. Mike Thomas can come in and kind of slowly get back into the groove that we saw him in before. You know, with guys like Alave, it, it, it really helps take the pressure off. And even a couple of years ago when he had Drew Brees trying to him, he was the guy. Like, he was the one receiver that we had that we could consistently count on hands-wise and route-wise. I would venture to say that's not true anymore. You know, I was a big fan of Alave before we even drafted him at this point. I love drafting Ohio State wide receivers. Let's just say that. But in totality, it's it's really exciting just to see him be able to come back. He's a guy with that personality that, besides being the most typical wide receiver on Twitter that we've ever seen in the world, he's just electric on the field when he makes that first pitch. Yeah, they're going to give it up, and it's going to be a loud stadium because we know that half the fans at that game are going to be New Orleans Saints fans. Yeah, and I will add that, you know, this is the first time you know, we've always talked about, you know, having a good partner to MT. And that was, you know, Brandon Cooks for a second, but that was early in his career. Then we got, you know, that 2019 year where it was like him and, you know, you know. Um, and then we had Emmanuel Sanders. And that was, you know, nothing. That was like a frustrating situation in itself because Drew Brees went down at some points. And then we had Taysom Hill throwing to Emmanuel Sanders. And, um you know, what other wide receiver can you say that was had a th- tight end throwing to him and was still productive? So I think for the first time in Michael Thomas's career, we can say, you know, he can miss this week and we're OK. Like we can survive before, you know. We would always joke, we're a high ankle sprain away from, you know, having the worst wide receiver core in like NFL history, like not just the NFL, like like, you know bad and i think for the first time in a long time this is a a really good deep group and i think that is going to actually help him a little bit more you know if he is still struggling with you know little injuries like that you know he he's not getting any younger I'm not saying he's injury prone or anything you know when you have anchor ankle issues other things happen but you know if he has a nice little partner like jarvis that can do the same things as him uh do some things better and he has you know a guy like Olave can stretch the field and then all of a sudden, Marquez Callaway becomes a really good wide receiver four. Like we saw in that preseason game, you know, Callaway comes in, makes a couple of nice catches with Andy Dalton. It's like, this is what we expected of Callaway before, but it was, it was unfair to stick Callaway, you know, in Michael Thomas's shoes and expect him to produce. You know, I was one of those people that drafted him in fantasy and regretted it immediately because he's not Michael Thomas. And, you know, the media talked to him today and it's like his his mentality is like it's crazy because they did ask him like do you want to get back to 2019 mt said no i don't i want to be better and hopefully you know as a saints fan and the saints in general uh hopefully he doesn't have to get back to that point because that means something else didn't go right um but yeah i think we sit at a point now where you know if he doesn't play we're okay i'd still love him to play and i think that he absolutely will Um, He said he feels great in the interview as well, but someone I don't think that we could live without. I think we might have to this game. Um, Paulson Adebo did not practice and he hasn't practiced for a little bit. I don't think, and he's been sidelined for a little bit. Um, He's had an ankle issue, which is not, you know, something that obviously you mess around with. uh, Like we said before, 
And this is a situation where it sounds like if he can't go, um, Nick said that, Nick Underhill said that, you know, Roby might kick outside and we might see Justin Evans in the inside because we haven't seen a lot of Alante Taylor yet. And obviously, CJ Garner Johnson does not play for us anymore. So that is a situation where, you know, you can survive this week. Maybe, you know, obviously it's a tough, tough divisional game. And so they always play as tough. And Adiba's had some really good moments with playing against Atlanta. But, you know, we look at next week, you know, the Bucks reporters are saying, you know, Julio Jones is 20, 2011 Julio Jones. Um, and they're, they got a deep room as well. So are you guys concerned about Adiba missing this game? And um, maybe, you know, the long-term issues of it. Well, I mean, I, I'm not concerned about about this game necessarily because I do think that, you know, the the Falcons have a lot of new parts that they're working in, you know, as well on their side of the ball. You know, they're working in Brian Edwards. You know, you drafted Drake, Drake London. You know, you, you have to figure that out. You don't. I mean, there's, you know, Calvin Ridley was out for a good, you know, for a good, a, a good portion of last year. And then there was a situation, uh, you know, they were replacing Julio, but, um, welcoming in Kyle Pitts, and now you have Marcus Mariota as a full-time starter. Um, but so from a talent perspective, you know, you would think that the Saints still have, um, you know, the edge there. But how how they guard Kyle Pitts is going to be interesting. We saw, you know, it, this game in a lot of ways, it, it, it reminds me of it reminds me of last year's game after the bye week when the Saints played Atlanta. And this was a game after they beat Tampa. Everybody was like, okay, the Saints are gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna curve stop it, you know, Atlanta. But the question that we had even here was, okay, well, how do you choose to guard Kyle Pitts? Because there, there are no other weapons around. Those other weapons showed up. Now, at the time, Matt Ryan was the quarterback, and you know, that makes a difference. Cordero Patterson had a had a good game as well. But it's just so many different question marks on that side versus, you know, you think defensively, you know, even with the Saints missing a, you know, if they have to miss Paulson, they they found a way. They they've been finding a way defensively, you know, for sure for the past, you know, four or five years. This is this is what they they know what it's like to not have to play with someone. They just always make it make it work, whether that's through trade, subtraction, or injury. So Bradley Roby, I think, as you know, him being a guy that has to move to the outside, I, I think you know you'll be fine there. What they do at the safety position would definitely be interesting. But this week, no. But next week, I think it would pay off very, 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 very well for you to have a guy like Adebo. But look, I mean, we've been watching this team for a long time, man. And we know in games like these, and even games, we don't want to look too forward, but even a game against Tampa Bay, we know nine times out of ten what ends up winning those games. And it's, can the Saints rush the passer or not? Can they contain the guy that's throwing the football? Can they dominate? Can they, are they able to um, win the game up front? And if they're able to do that, they'll be fine without a Debo. And you can maybe even say that going into the Tampa Bay game. Are they able to win up front? That's really what it's, what it's going to come down to. I think they have enough talent, even if a Debo has to miss a couple games, to where they'll be okay. But long-term, if they're going to be the contender, they're going to come out the South that some people think they will, I think you really need that guy because Nick Underhill and a lot of people have been writing about it. He's going to be a big part of what they do going forward. He's that good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, Nick has kind of said that he's kind of gotten the Marshawn Lattimore kind of treatment 
you know, at these practices. And um, I think long-term, you know, short-term, he's going to be okay. Uh, he did say like he was day-to-day and they'll, they'll figure it out. So if he didn't practice, you know, Thursday, um, whenever you listen to this podcast, that that might be out, um, you know, they might be okay. But I was gonna, I was going to build off your point here and say, you know, they will benefit in this game, not looking too far down the road, if obviously they can rush the passer. Um, this is the Falcons sorry, no line. Left tackle, Jake Matthews, solid veteran, solid, solid veteran. Left guard, Elijah Wilkerson, Wilkinson, never heard of him. Uh, center, Matt Hennessy, never heard of him. He had um, a camp battle with Drew Dahlman that Hennessy ended up winning. I've done my research. I've done, I've done my homework. Right guard, Chris Lindstrom, who I, I've seen nothing but bad things from Falcons fans. And right tackle, Caleb McGarry. So you at home, how many names did you recognize? One, two, three. So here, here's what I'll say. The Saints will go as far as their D-line will take them this whole year because, you know, it doesn't matter who is back there in the secondary. That D-line, and Tyron Matthews talked about this a lot, that D-line is is one of the league's best, and they're they're super deep, and it doesn't matter if Peyton Turner is what we think he'll be or not because they have guys all over the field, you know, Carl Granderson, Tanya Passano, they're deep at that position with Cam and uh, Davenport for sure. But, you know, this is a, a offense that kind of like ours hasn't got a lot of playing time together. So they'll be working out some kinks like we will. Um, let's see here. Drake London was limited today. He'll probably play and I've heard nothing but positive things for him playing wise. Um, but this is an O-line where you need to take advantage of. This isn't a game where, you know, uh, Cam is iffy on some things and, you know, doesn't show up or a player here and there doesn't show up. This is a game you need to take advantage of. And I think a really positive sign is that Marcus Davenport and Peyton Turner aren't on the injury report. I think that's a great thing. And it's something that, you know, I'm going to enjoy. I, I saved this picture and I'm going to enjoy this picture. Um, another positive thing, Pete Pete Warner, who's been selling for a while, he, he was – uh, limited today and it looks like he's going to play so as long as you can contain Mariota I think it's one of those games where you know he could cause some trouble for sure he's he's a really talented talented runner and you know if he escapes the pocket he's one of those things where you know it could cause some issues so I think you know the Saints win this game and I think they they come out strong but if you guys were Calvin Ridley where would you put your money I'm not answering that, Nick. Go ahead. <laughs> that, that's, that's how I'm going to end the podcast. If you were putting your money on the game, who's winning the game? What's the score? Uh, I put money on a team. Uh, you can probably guess who it is. One sad thing is that I recognize four out of five on that offensive line. The more sad thing than that is that I was a big fan of two of those guys coming out of the draft, and I will not say which ones because they both super underlived everything I sold them for on our podcast forever Chris what do you got um I mean I'm I'm betting on the the more talented team I'm betting on I think the team that has a better direction right now a team who for the most part has found a way to to escape any uh crazy long-term injuries you know you would assume um and I guess, a, you know, the hungrier team, the team with the, with the further 
you know, the furthest road of, of aspirations and still have a lot of things to prove, you know, even for a team that's been in the playoffs, that's, you know, that's won a division for so many of the last few years and, you know, been with chances to win the Super Bowl, they have a lot of people with things to prove and chips on their shoulders. Um, and I think, you know, they, they realize how important it's going to be to get off to a, to a fast start and it's against Atlanta. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't expect them to fall short. It may be closer than some think. You know, it may not be a blowout. It may not be a game where they went by a touchdown. It may come down to a late field goal. But I think the Saints will figure it out, and they'll come out victorious. Yep, same here. You know, I'll respect Kelvin Ridley. I hope he can find a way out of that situation. Uh, that being Atlanta, hope he can find a new team after this year. Um, yeah, I got the Saints. I got the team with the, you know, better quarterback, better O-line. Um, like you said, they've been through adversity. They've been through this. Um, this is a team where, you know, they got leaders on every level. Atlanta's in a different situation. Um, I mean, I'm just excited to see out there. I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what jersey I need to return, if that's Jarvis's or Tyron Matthews, because, I mean, there's some flirting going around with who's going to wear number five. Uh, the rumor is Jarvis is going number five, so that's a little frustrating because that's about to be here in the next couple of days. So uh, gotta get New Jersey there. Um, new poster as well. I just hung up a poster with Jarvis at eighty, and you know I'm wasting a lot of money here, but uh, excited for the season coming up. Uh, we'll have a post game for you guys. You know when the game ends, hopefully when the Saints win, uh, we're back. We're gonna be. We're glad to be back. And uh, again, we appreciate the love and support we get for the pod, and we'll see you guys hey. next episode. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Let's go. We on the road. The next stop. The Super Bowl. Hell yeah. You know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we?